Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Are you the flop? This is Flop Culture. Welcome to Flop Culture, a podcast where we mainly talk about flops, but we also talk about bops, hot goss, celebrities, you name it. I'm your host, Fanula J. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode on Head, the Monkeys movie with Zara Hitterman. Without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. All I want for Christmas is Mariah Carey's bank account. Christmas is officially here. By the time this comes out, it will be November 3rd, so... It's practically Christmas Eve. Happy, have a holly jolly Christmas. Uh, can anyone not stop watching that video that Mariah Carey put up of her in the witch's outfit? That she put up on November 1st for anyone who hasn't seen it, which I highly doubt because every single media organization has reposted it in order to hit their monthly video KPIs. It's a social media manager in there just I'm winking at the camera and nobody can see. Unless you're watching on YouTube, that is. Basically, she posted this video on her Instagram and across her socials in which she's dressed like a witch. The clip is in black and white. She's on a Peloton for some reason or like an exercise bike. Actually, let's not give them the spawn. Unbranded exercise bike, shall we say. She's in her witch's rig out. The dates are changing in the background. She's all like dark, spooky makeup. She starts cackling and then it's like, it's time. And she does the whistle on and she's in her Mariah Carey Christmas. I've defrosted. Here I am rig out. There is something hypnotic about that video. I don't know if it's just because she's not quite lip syncing the witch's cackle correctly because she always sings live. Ofs. Um, it's so... I if it comes on my feet, I have to watch it. It's just... And I'm not even a big... I'm not really strong on like, you know, Christmas coming too early or like, I like Christmas. I wouldn't say I'm a massive Christmas fanatic. I'm not like rejoicing now with this, but there is just... There's something about this and the way she's basically honed this brand 
and utilised social media to basically make this campaign and Christmas rollout even longer. Uh, all I want for Christmas, is you in brackets, uh, it's re-entered the Billboard Hot 100. And I thought this was funny from a very good Twitter account if you're into, I think they're on Instagram as well, if you're into charts and music and everything like that, it's just called at chart data, data, depending on where you are, which hemisphere or which whatever, let's got, knock it into global geography. Um, they tweeted, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You has re-entered the top 200 on US iTunes on Halloween. And Versace Barbie replied, ended Nikki. <laughs> the barbs, the barbs are going to come for you, Versace Barbie. Um, it kind of got me thinking then about how much money the song makes Mariah even beyond all the other deals she has. She obviously had a deal with McDonald's last year. She did her Mariah menu, uh, Apple TV Plus. She did a big kind of TV concert thing. Um, a study in 2016 by The Economist said that Carrie makes about $2.5 million per year for the song. Um, they also say she had raked in about $60 million by 2016 from the song being first released in 1994. So she's probably made an additional... $12.5 million since, bringing her to more than $72 million from just one song. And that article came out 2021. So let's say she makes another $2.5 million. It, that's, let's do the maths here. Why did I offer to do maths live on a podcast? Seven, $74.5 million. Not bad. Uh, the currency conversion is probably about that in euros, I would say. Um, as someone who was Googling dollars earlier in the week, I'm not going to do it now because I can't be arsed, but there you go. Uh, it's also achieved the rare feat of becoming a, a diamond certified song, which means that it has sold more than 10 million units. And as of 2019, there were only 30 songs in history to reach that level. So there you go. Mariah continues to slay. S-L-E-I-G-H. That was my gun popping off, killing the joke. Taylor Swift is going on tour. We knew that, but we've got confirmation. The Eras Tour is coming. I'm enchanted to announce my next tour, Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour, a journey through the musical eras of my career, past and present. The first leg of the tour will be in stadiums across the US, with international dates to be announced as soon as we can. The tour poster is giving clip art. It's giving graphic design is my passion. And I get that she's trying to incorporate all the different eras and different images, but I, I hate it so much. Taylor Alison Swift, hire someone else for the love of Jesus Christ. I don't know what I'm looking at. Um, I will be getting tickets. I think she's probably not going to come to Europe because people are messaging me in there like, do you reckon she is going to come to Ireland? I think she will. Um, I think the the choice of venue will be interesting given the whole, well, I would say debacle. I'm sure other people would argue that it wasn't. Her playing Croke Park two nights and the show's basically not selling at all. I put that down to her putting on two shows. Like I just think at that point in her career with no press and no promo and for such a small little country. I think me, Breed and our friend Ashling were the only three people in Ireland who paid for tickets to that tour because everyone else I knew got tickets for free. Everyone we met there had gotten tickets for free. I'd heard stories of, you know, they were just like hundreds of tickets going around their workplace, just being like, get rid of them. And I was told at the time how many were just, were just given away. And I cannot remember off the top of my head what it was. Um, and it was, but it was through someone 
it was through someone who knew someone who was directly involved with the concert. So we'll just leave it at that because I don't want to get in trouble and I would still, I would not like to be barred from wherever she ends up playing for the Eras tour in Ireland. It was a lot of tickets. It was in like the tens of thousands, obviously, because you're talking like the capacity of Croke Park is, as I'm looking at it here, over 80,000 across two nights. I don't know. Still a great gig. I'll never forget her. Oh, when they did dress and the... The, I was, the graphics, the visuals even. Anyway, it was so good. So, so good. When do I think she's going to come over here? I think, I think it'll, it, at the earliest it'll be late 2023, but I don't think it's going to be then. I think it's going to be 2024 at some stage. And I suppose the other question then is, what does this mean for potential tours from other big comparable artists? Beyonce obviously dropped renaissance this year rumors of a tour there as well uh is beyonce gonna wait until she drops the second part of that project is there a second part are things gonna change who knows rihanna obviously is dropping new music uh alongside the black panther sequel wakanda forever she's playing the super bowl there's rumors about her touring uh, there's reportedly another new song dropping this friday so tomorrow it's going to be called born again produced by The Dream, which is also associated with this Black Panther sequel soundtrack. With Rihanna, see, like, okay, to go back to Beyonce actually quickly for one sec, there's an argument that like the audiences are so different for the two of them that I think fans will choose to go to one and not the other. Like I I don't know many fans who are genuinely choosing between the two should the two come to Ireland, but I think they're both smart cookies with that so maybe maybe Beyonce will do like Europe first and that's why Taylor's doing the States first I don't know I think there's a couple of there's a couple of things at play there maybe she'll hold off touring for another little while who knows Rihanna then I actually don't think Rihanna's gonna tour anytime soon girls I hate to say it to you I think the Super Bowl is her priority uh, I mentioned the new few music if you've kind of been reading blind items or like listening to Hollywood whispers and all that jazz like the theory is that Rihanna's new music was so delayed because her voice was fucked which would lead me to believe that like touring isn't an option for her until that's fully fully rectified um I'd say anything after the Super Bowl is a bonus for her also because she is I don't know because she's making so much money in her other ventures now, there's probably an argument where she's like, I don't need to tour because I don't need the money from touring, if that makes sense. Or maybe that's why she's like, I can probably hold off to tour a little bit later. We'll see. Um, Rihanna's not... Actually, that's not fair. I was going to say Rihanna's not that great live, but um, I the last time I've seen her, it's both been in the Aviva, which is just like a really hard venue to play because the sound is just it, depending on where you're sitting the sound can be just so shit um, so I would like to see her again but I would like to see her when she's good and willing and fit and able so we shall see I will be seeing you at the Taylor's Arena tour where do we think she's going to play let me know flatculture underscore pod on socials or hello flatculture at gmail.com the Big Brother reboot has been pushed out to autumn 2022 uh, I think they're kind of putting it down to the fact that the summer schedule is so busy on ITV. So they have, obviously, Love Island Winter is coming up. I'm getting chills even thinking about it and not just from it. 
being the winter. Uh, the summer edition then kind of wedged between that. I think you have the celeb special of I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, which is going to be in South Africa. Um, so they're basically, like they're, what people are saying is they're moving it to a more prominent slot in the autumn so that it will, more eyes on it and it's not going to be like swallowed up by all of these other massive shows. Um, that's going to be on ITV2 in the UK and their new streaming platform, ITVX, and it's going to be on one of the virgins over here. We'll report back when we know for definite. Love is blind. Love is blind. I'm still not fully caught up. I'm just at where uh, they're meeting Colleen's family. I'd fully forgotten about Colleen and Matt until they just started up like, ah, came back into frame and they're all like hugging their families and stuff. Blah, blah, blah. It was very funny that Matt was just like, yeah, we weren't really, after they had their absolute massive banger of a fight on camera, and Matt was like, yeah, we weren't really like communicating properly. And we've realized, you know, that it's not actually a big deal. And it's like, babe, who's we? Who's the collective? Not you and Colleen, because I think it was just you that it's team coming out of your ears. Um, where do I stand on all the couples now? Initially, I was like, maybe I'm an SK Raven stan again. But just her, between her bashing the coffee machine, her kind of having no respect for his culture and food. Like, we're all, we all get tired. You know what I mean? We all get tired. We all get a bit cranky. That's not anybody else's fault. Just the vibes that emanate off her. They're not great. And she's talking about how she wants her lifestyle to be maintained and stuff. And he's all about going to grad school. Like, he'll get a student discount. You know what I mean? Just use a student card. You'll be able to save loads of money then. That's all I'll say. Think positive, Raven. Think positive. I'm kind of rooting for Alexa and your man now. What's his name? Baron? Oh, God. What is his name? Anyway, I'm kind of rooting for them now a little bit more. He's met her family and like there was a good bit of banter about converting to Judaism and the dad was like th threatening circumcision and spreading out all the knives that was all a bit strange masculinity very strange I will never understand it but anyway um rooting for them more now and they are probably the strongest in my eyes uh Colleen and Matt I already think they're dosh but I haven't seen enough of them to be honest Zainab and Cole just gives me complete and utter fear. Like, it's bad enough when Cole's family are like, we're out, bye, we don't want to see this, we don't want to know about this, good luck, have a nice life, save us a slice of cake. Fear. So much fear. And then they're doing like the joint prayer, him and him and Zainab's stepmom, it's like, oh my God. If you're relying on prayers, babe, if you're relying on prayers, maybe... Maybe it's time to call it a day. That's all I'd say. Who am I forgetting? Bartisa, Nancy. Nancy and her landlord era. Sorry. Sorry. Girl bossing her way around all those condos. Jesus Christ. I was just... And then, the, like, the fact she owns multiple properties. It's giving... It's giving capitalism. It's not... Oh. That was, I was really, I, he's becoming more annoying the more I watch. He's very like, has an answer for everything. Just probably a bit too enthusiastic for me in general if we were to couple up at any point, which we won't, so that's fine. Uh, and that whole conversation the two of them had around abortion. Look, I said this on my Instagram, it made my skin absolutely crawl, but it's why I love this show because you don't get to see those kind of authentic genuine conversations where you, you like 
you have two people who are disagreeing, you know, and I know it's highly edited, so we don't really get to see the outcome of the conversation in full. It was kind of very much like, moving along, lol, haha, let's laugh together, whatever. But I do think it's very interesting to see that as much of like, as much as like I might be on one side than the other. It's very interesting, but it can make for very hard watching. That is for sure. But I think they're joshed. I think, I can't see it happening. He is, they seem to be on different timelines. Ari, kids, just their values seem so different. Her family do not seem to be having a bar of him. So let's see how it goes. I suppose my final predictions, having not watched the next few, I think, oh, it was Brennan, not Baron, Brennan. I think Alex and Brennan are going to get married. uh, And then I think all the rest of them are dushed. Like they have to be, like it doesn't make any sense. Also, talk about the algorithm knowing Raven is flat out on my For You page doing her Pilates, winging herself around the place and just making like really vague comments about the show because she obviously can't say anything yet because it's not finished. But it'll be interesting to see when they all come out of the woodwork then with their things to say. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is over. Thank Christ. Uh, I still maintain Rinna needs to be gone. Uh, Put her on rest like Dorinda or whatever. I'm just over it. Though the one thing I will say is I feel like there's been a lot of pressure for her to leave this season and like a lot of vocal from the fan base being like she needs to be done I'm so over her the lies and drama and involving herself in other people in other people's drama and never having anything to bring to the table of her own but based on what Kyle said on Teddy Mellencamp's podcast uh, I didn't listen but Bravo Bone Collector transcribed it so it's on her Instagram I would imagine based and I'm paraphrasing here but Kyle was basically like sometimes the more fans push back the less likely the show is to actually pull a cast member, if that makes sense. Kind of would make sense as to why Erica is still there because there was obviously huge pushback against her. I think she'll still stay in the fold until the legal, unless there's any, unless any of the legal stuff is like fully officially pinned on her, she's in until something else kind of major happens or unless she makes the decision to walk away, which she won't because she needs the money because she's broke. Um... Because you're seeing even with like Salt Lake City, which I don't watch, but I feel like I've absorbed by osmosis. And I will watch eventually, don't get mad at me. I feel like I absorb by osmosis but from social media. Uh, like Andy's basically said that they're done with Jen because Jen pleaded guilty. Um, so it's kind of like, is she going to be at the reunion? Nobody knows, blah, blah, blah. But then by contradiction, you would, Teresa, who also pleaded guilty, went to jail and is like still housewives franchise darling I should say Teresa Judice of Real Housewives New Jersey that's who I'm referring to so we'll see Diana is definitely gone she came out this week uh, saying telling Raider online that they have identified the person who was responsible for the racist bot attacks on Garcelle's son Jax so we'll see if anything comes of that then there was also discussion around the reunion about Rinna's uh, receipts in a first comma, she had like two big manila envelopes. Andy said on his serious show this week that it was all about 
the Elton John debacle with Sutton about who had a table, whatever, who gives a fuck. So thank fuck none of that made it air. She's come out since and said, actually, no, it wasn't. It was all about Aspen. It was all about the fallout with Kathy Hilton and the meltdown she had. She said it was like texts, texts between her and Erica and texts between her and someone else. I think an assistant or something that was basically explaining what happened. Do I believe it? I'm not sure. And maybe like controversially here, like I, the thing with Aspen is, I actually don't really know what happened in Aspen, but I just feel like this Kathy Hilton loving is kind of a bit strange to me. I think she's injected a much needed shot of firepower into Beverly Hills. She has her comedy moments. Nobody could deny her that, but I think people forget who she is as well. And we've also seen so little of her that it's like, we actually don't know what she's capable of. You know what I mean? And as much as I think the lies are kind of so detailed, or like, I shouldn't say lies, we're in a story, right? It's so detailed that it would lead me, lead anyone to believe that it is a lie. There's a part of me that just feels like something must, something must have happened. I just don't, I don't buy this, senile silly old lady act fully from Kathy and I feel like it's it's remarkable that she's managed to pull that kind of switcheroo on everyone but we'll see we shall see until next season which I just something needs to change something needs to change to bring me back I think because I think this season was better than last season but it was still that reunion was really painful to watch and just the end I was just a bit like we need to all yell at it you know what I mean is that the movie where the dog goes out and gets shot uh one of them anyway Lassie no something with a horse someone goes out and gets shot anyway less of that let's get on to flops on Flop Culture this week, my guest's pick is very in my wheelhouse. It's all about finding love, finding your perfect match. And it just so happens to be filmed for television. From Howard Schultz, the man who brought us extreme makeover, came Are You The One? A dating experiment turned reality TV show in which a group of people are secretly paired into couples by producers via a matchmaking algorithm. Then, while living together, the contestants try to identify all of these perfect matches. If they succeed, the entire group shares prize money. Lots and lots of prize money can depend per franchise. We're so excited to talk about this with artist Max Anga. This is myself and Max chatting about Are You The One? Max Anga, thank you so much for joining me on Flop Culture. Thank you for having me, man. This interview has been a long time coming. I know we were trying to sort something with bandwagons and that didn't work out. Mm. And then when I came up with this, I was like, you know what I'm going to get on to? I'm going to get on to Max. Yeah, we're gonna you, we're gonna shoot the shit. I feel like he has a good flop he'll want to get into. I love shooting the shit. You're very cryptic about it though. You're like, what's your email? I'm like, you have me on Instagram. You're talking <laughs> right now. What's going on? Am I in trouble? What? I know. I was being. I was trying to be like very coy and as if anyone would. I was like, what if what if this leaks? As if anyone would actually give a singular fuck. Like, I've said it to some people in the email when I've been emailing them. I'm like, could you just not tell anyone this? And you're the only person who's been like. This day, like, who do you think you are? <laughs> it's a podcast. It's a podcast. Um, yeah, so we're talking about flops. Mm. So I put it to you, you know, what's your favorite thing that kind of people, some some people think is terrible mm. or might be viewed in the wider zeitgeist as terrible. And you came back very quickly yeah. with, are you the one? Cinema. Yeah. <laughs> 
cinema, honestly. For anyone who's not familiar, what is Are You The One? So Are You The One is a reality dating TV show similar to Love Island, actually predates Love Island. Mm. I feel like I'm guessing Love Island took some ideas and concepts from that show. By the time, it was an MV, uh, MTV uh, dating show that had the biggest like cash reward at the time. So basically, if you won this show, you were given a million dollars. And how it worked was there was a house of usually 20 people. They change it from season to season sometimes. And in that house, there was 10 guys and 10 girls. And the idea was in the house was your perfect match, as in they did analytics and studies and questionnaires and everything. They found a girl or guy that's perfect for you. And the premise of the show was you had to find out who your perfect match was before the 10 weeks was over. All of you do. And if you all get it, you all win the million dollars. And if one couple doesn't get it right, you don't win. And at the end of each week, you would get into your partners, you know, who you think your perfect match was, your pair, whatever, whatever. And beams would go off letting you know how many you got correct. But they wouldn't tell you which were the correct beams. So it was this thing of like, you really had to do a lot of thinking and research and like kind of like even me as I was watching I would constantly keep tracks of how many beams came off this week who was paired off with who and kind of do the math to try work backwards and figure out and the only way to ever confirm who a perfect match was was you could go into the truth booth and they would tell you but you only got one of those once a week um, and also you could also use like maths and like statistics which I got really really into like I mean you know that like meme of it's always sunny where Charlie's like has a board and everything Pepe Silva Pepe Silva <laughs> the whiteboard <laughs> my phone right now for I think and the only season I didn't get correct was season one, which was just a mess. But like it's the the numbers and the, like the probabilities. I'm like, I'm putting percentages onto things like the likelihood of this is like at least 70%. This one's like 30. Um, and yeah, so you, as you can probably tell, I'm very, very into the show. It's fully like Project Maths meets reality TV. Because this is a show that my friend Orla Condon, who hosts my bottom paper, she's obsessed with this show. And like... Loves of Island. I think she'd say on the DL that she actually thinks are you the one who's better? Um because it, it, it is. Um my friend Carla <laughs> was the same, and especially with the most kind of recent season that's been on air. I know there's one due out this year, 2022, um, where they made all the contestants like sexually fluid. That was kind of mm. I'm gonna say quote unquote groundbreaking because it wasn't like the first LGBTQ reality TV dating show, but I suppose it was we'll get into it, but like mm. the kind of the themes they talk about and seeing that take place, it was very interesting. Um, but I avoided it for a very long time. I'm not sure why. I remember the ads on MTV when the series started and it was that whole thing of like how significant the prize money was and they were really focused on the algorithm and like, because that is the thing with reality TV shows where it's like, how can you be expected to find someone that you're going to fall in love with? You're total strangers. You've been plucked out of obscurity. You could be anyone. Whereas they were like, no, no, like we've done the hard mm. data. The, like the gra- we've pulled all of these characters- char- characteristics together. Your perfect person is mm. in here. And like, how much they ham that up with like the scanning and everything is just it's high camp I love it amazing so I I asked you like your kind of favourite seasons well actually even before we get into that how did you get into Are You The One because I mean like this is a natural progression for me because I love reality TV I love Mm -hmm. Love Island etc etc how did you start watching it Man, it's a. I think it's a cliche story of this your girl poisoning you. I was. Man. I was gonna ask. I didn't want to be heteronormative, but man. I was like, I'm assuming there was a lady who I'm, brought you into this. You know what? As well, because like, not even in terms of reality TV. For me, I don't watch anything that's that's based in reality. I don't watch sports. I don't watch reality TV. I don't watch anything that's based. No, in reality. It all, it's all anime <laughs> and fictional bullshit. And award-winning album, Sunilo, produced by Adam Shanahan. <laughs> That's what I consume. That's my business, you know? Um, but 
I think, yeah, like, so my girl would got me into Love Island, right? Okay. And I what, watched, what series did you start watching? Love Island. I started on the Winter series. Okay, and interesting. Yeah, okay, I'm, so I'm very, I'm very new to the game. Yeah, okay, you, you know, need, to, okay, like, you need to go back and watch three because that's yeah. greatest of all time. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll give that a spin. So I I'll started, give you a list after. Please do, actually, please do, because uh, I'm kind of like I find it really interesting now. Um, so I, I was watching Love Island. And I like I basically fell in love. You remember your man Nas, and mm. I kind of fell in love with him. And I I just kind of watched the show, and I did enjoy it. And then I think just a year ago, or even less, we were in we were in uh, Waterford, where my uh, where my girl and her friends are from. And I'm basically one of the girls. It's like her for the women and me. And it's like, all right, the girls, what are we doing this evening? You know, um, drinking wine with them, hanging out. And they're like, oh, this is on Netflix. I remember I watched this when I was a kid on MTV. I'm like, what is it? And like, are you the one? I watched about 20 minutes of it. I'm like, this is the worst garbage I've ever seen in my fucking... Can I curse? Of course, In my yeah. fucking life. Like, <laughs> this is like truly, truly trash, trash. American TV. Trost in the bin. Get away from me. I'm there texting. Just avoiding it. And then they kept on watching. I was like, peeking like, no, he's not going to do that, is he? Wait, did he do that? <laughs> and it just drew me in. I think what I really like about it, um, in comparison to other dating shows like Love Island, is that... It feels to me the most honest because they're very honest about this is also a dating show. Like a lot of people are there like, I'm here for a million dollars. I don't give a fuck. I don't fucking like anybody. I don't like your fucking attitude. I'm here for the money. And they're like, yeah, but you need to like open yourself up to find your match. So it's people who come in there very publicly, especially saying I want money and they have to, by virtue of the game, be open to actually win the money. So I think that's really interesting. I feel like in Love Island, the worst critique the public can give you is if they think you are disingenuous or playing a game. That's when you're going to be voted out, right? But in Are You The One, it's funny because everyone constantly, when they talk about the show, say, we're playing the game, we're doing the game, we're playing the game. I think that's so, it feels a lot more honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I really liked about it. Plus, Americans are fucking nuts. And this show could only work in America because like, they love Especially like American men, like I'm friends with a couple of uh, Yanks from New York. And when we were in college, the way they would talk about relationships, I was like, how are you on one hand so somewhat toxic, but on the other hand, so emotionally open and vulnerable? Mm. It's like, they'd be like, yeah, bro, rubbing my da da da. But anyways, yeah, this is the love of my life. And I really feel like I'm the stars <laughs> and moons with her. I'm like, I wouldn't melt if I had to say that. I would I would be a puddle on the ground. I'd be, I'm gonna be at my wedding and be like, yeah, she I she cool. She cool. She cool. It's calm. Like, I don't know. Like the, so yeah, the show is just ah, it's so good. It's so good. So you don't think it would work anywhere else? Because that was kind of one of the observations that I Get, like from watching it and again from watching a lot of other reality TV the thing with having an American cast is it can veer into this territory of like feeling like very overly produced mm. and everything else but like the, I only got to watch one series I've just started eight which is the sexually fluid one but from watching that season six like it's very clear you know that they that like it's it kind of it strikes that balance of you know they know they're on TV, mm. but like, but of, but of course they do because they're competing for this cash prize, mm. and that's important for the majority of them. It's more important to some of them; it's less to others. But like this next series that they're going to do, the twenty twenty two series is supposed to be global, from what I can tell. Oh, really? So I, I think they're they were bringing people from across series. the globe. They're bringing it to Paramount Plus, oh. which I think we have over here now. But we don't have an air date yet or anything. That's sick. So you don't think? Uh, like a UK only version or maybe God forbid an Irish version would work because it's just it, here's what I say I think 
definitely you can't do Irish version. God, no, 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 no. God, no. I cannot imagine seeing Colonel is a big rugby head on him <laughs> trying to emotionally open up to this woman he's been with for two, three days. Like, I think I, I think in terms of Irish TV, stuff like First Dates works really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, plug, plug, plug. I was on it. Um, because it's like, it's, um, it's very like small and not overly intimate, but it feels very kind of like honest. So you can take baby steps. I think in this show where you're supposed to find your soulmate, you can't have anyone Irish on that in terms of like taking those big, massive leaps and being as vulnerable as quickly. In terms of other places, like I think it could work in the UK, but there's a thing. I think it could work in the UK, but it have to skew younger. And then does that make you a little bit irresponsible? Everyone's mm-hmm. giving this backlash of like Gemma from Love Island being 19 and, um, you know, doing challenges with dudes who are 27. And obviously they cannot like it'd be weird or rude if they like ignored her but also it does make it kind of techie but i don't know like i i think you could do a nigerian version for sure it okay. would go off that would be crazy um <laughs> but yeah definitely i don't know any irish contestants i could be wrong like it could be an irish contestant in this global one i could be on it who knows but um i don't know i don't think it would work there you as go well. he's pitching if anyone from tv is listening um i was gonna ask then why do you think because in some <laughs> ways are you the one isn't a flop because we're mm. going into like a ninth series mm. like it's won awards for the sexually fluid series it has a lot of like Hard, kind of hardcore fans when you bring it up in circles people are like no 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 like mm. you need to watch this like it's better than X it's better than Y but it kind of never got really like mainstream and we're at this point in the ninth series now where it's like I think it has that core of fans and it's never going to get to that mainstream place in the same way that Love Island is they're obviously very different beasts mm. but like why do you why do you think that is when like in your opinion it's a better like dating reality show then Love Island. I think as well, because I guess the flop title is a bit techie because it was it was cancelled mm. and they brought it back probably because Netflix and everything's kind of given it second life. Mm. It's been on Netflix for I think two years now. Yeah. But it did predate Love Island and that's where it becomes to me a little bit more clear in the fact that like this show kind of came before. It was a bigger cash prize. It was on in technicality, a bigger network, and it didn't get the same kind of widespread appeal. And my only thing I can think of is blaming MTV. Like, at a certain point, MTV kind of slashed all its, like, uh, funding for TV programs. Like, it was uh, Girl Code, Guy Code, a lot of that stuff got slashed. So it was, like, it was on a dying network. I feel like you put this on Paramount+. Plus. Hell, you've put it on Netflix, and it's, like, it's doing really well. People are enjoying it. But I think MTV just kind of fumbled the bag with it, to Mm. be honest. But... In terms of the actual show, there's no reason it shouldn't be as big or even bigger than Love Island, you know? I think you have those shows that are, like, are not as good. Let's say, like, um, was it Love is Blind? That's really popular. And I don't think is as... Uh, of course, I've watched it. I'm actually I'm actually a garbage human now. I've watched all this <laughs> shit. Um, I loved Love is Blind. Did you not like Love is Blind? I liked it. No, don't get me wrong. I think Love is Blind in terms of a show is, like... It's good, but it's like, if I'm saying Love is Blind versus Love Island, there's no competition in my eyes. Um, but yeah, that's what I mean. So you have all these shows that are like good, but not like the top tier that are really, really popular. People who are who are in Love is Blind are celebrities now, you know? Yeah, yeah. The funny thing is there was, as I said, I only got to start the first episode, but there's a guy, it, there's a guy on the, the Sexually Fluid series, mm-hmm. Series 8, 
um, called Jonathan. Mm. Have, are you that far into it? Like the really long hair. Um, yeah, I'm like two, three episodes. He in, yeah. always comes up on my Instagram. I thought he was a hair influencer, but he like got his start here. And when I saw him, I was like, what? Do you know when you don't expect to see someone? You're like, what the fuck? It was madness. There is a part of me as well, though, that thinks like on paper, not mm. to use the cliche, but like on, on paper, this kind of shouldn't be an enjoyable show because it's like nearly too complicated. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of like, it's a bit naff the way it goes on. You know, okay, so it's like, they all go in, they're all paired by this algorithm that we mm. know nothing about that yeah. probably isn't real, right? Mm. If we're going to, you know, it's someone in a room being like... Oh, you don't think so? Do you, Oh, do you think it is? Here's the thing. I feel like if we were to put someone's like, what, who's best for you and who you like are often different things, okay. right? So I think by the time I see all the parents, I'm like... That makes perfect sense for who complements each other. But also, like, if you're not as physically attractive or, like, are not what you usually go for, you might not approach that person. But I think all the parents for me so far, I'm like, I see why that makes sense. I see, I can understand why they would be a good couple that complement each other. Yeah. But obviously, you're getting a dating show and you're getting a certain type of person. You might not be always going for what's best for you. Do I think it's, like... A scientific math, 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 uh, math, math, mathematical? Uh, ma- mathematical? Mathematical. But I do think it's like, it, to me, it seems like well thought out and well researched, which I love the idea of it being, honestly, like if you're finding the one in the country of, let's say, 7 million, it's mm-hmm. a much harder process than like in a villa of 20 people. It like makes it a little bit simpler, you know? But, um, but I think, I think that you don't agree with the parents as much. It's, again, I preface this by saying I've only watched one season, mm. but even looking back at some of them now, like, that, like, Ethan, E-Money, my mm. man, like, that whole thing of, it really seemed like him and, it was Zoe he ended up with, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Um, it, like, that for me, I was just like, did they just put you together because you've had this whole narrative, the whole journey through of having, mm. like, no confidence and, like, the hot girls, in inverted commas, don't really go for you and, like, Zoe yeah. is in, in inverted commas, like by normal beauty standards, like a hot girl. Mm. You, you know, there was a bit of that where I was like, mm, and then some of them, I don't know, some of it, it just seems a bit convenient. Who was that other couple that were together at the very, very start? Michael and oh, uh, Kiana. Kiana, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, after all that, they had like such a, for anyone who hasn't watched, but yeah. like the cliff note is basically like, they were like together at the start, like mm. really into each other, really hot and heavy, like in the shower, like heavy petting. Yeah. Michael, like, shot the bed essentially and was like no like kind of remembered the game and was like I have to get to know other people mm. and also kind of to be honest was like I don't actually think you're my perfect match yeah. she was fucking devastated and was convinced they were perfect yeah. she just hung around and the, yeah and it was just, oh my god the cli- the editing I will say as well is just incredible like the way they had her like at the start being like what, you, what are you doing he's like I'm gonna go for a nap and she's like can I come with you and he's like no like it's just <laughs> oh it's so perfect like I don't know. There's like the algorithm. Like I love it because it's like, it's a bit naff mm. and it is that whole thing of like, you're going to leave it up to an algorithm in inverse commas and like yeah. they're getting scanned in together and everything else. Oh, the scan, the put your hand through that. Oh. Like sh- sh- the GDPR of that, I'm just like, I have questions. But I suppose the other unusual thing then as well is like these kind of big casts mm. you wouldn't really have seen since, you know, the likes of Big Brother or something. Mm. And even with that, you usually have people like steadily leaving. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Like, I find it even hard with Love Island, the, like the volume of people going in it's and lot. out. It's a lot. You're, when you're trying to keep up with like 11 girls, 11 guys, yeah. and you're going through, they're trying all different matchups at any one time. Mm. I was like, your head is spinning. Like, mm. 
so hard to keep track of them. No, and there there are people you won't see for whole episodes. You're like, I, I saw Dimitri maybe like three times during at the, the at season. The, I was like, at the end, I was like, Dimitri, I was like, I barely remember you. Like, you, good for man, you. You know? Who are you? But I mean, it's like, this is more, more, to, more to kind of pull from, you know? I feel like, especially like in seasons of Love Island, like maybe last season where you had some episodes were very light on content mm. and they're like... Oh, let's see what who haven't we shown in the month? Eh? Let's see what they're doing. Oh, they're by the pool. Cool. Let's shoot them at the pool yeah. for like ten seconds of dead air. I feel like, and then you can see, like, even with this season, where like they have so much going on. There'll be sometimes I'm watching an episode, and we're like, we're still at yesterday. We're still at last night. We haven't got to next day yet. They have a lot to pull from. Because uh, that's the thing as well. I suppose with the again to compare it to Love Island, it's you've no idea of the timeline in there, as you mm. said, because they're like cutting between. We're usually nearly always a day behind, sometimes more, depending on like what they've shot, if they have stuff, if they don't. Whereas like this, it's like, you know, they're going on a week Mm. to week basis and you even get that teaser at the start of like, they're 29 days in and they're all screaming at each other. breaking shit and they're, oh my God. Because like, like I don't condone violence. Violence is wrong, right? Mm. I think I like controlled violence in a reality TV setting where someone can... You know, like a shout, a shove, someone jumps mm. in and is like, right enough, okay? That's it, yeah. I'm like, that mirrors real life to a degree. Mm. Like, some of these ones, they're going, again, I have to pull the examples from season six, but like, let's just say they're after winning a date from a challenge. Yeah. I love the challenges in either one. I think that's where Trump's Love Island. I think the challenges are so yeah, much better and way more yeah. fun. Yeah, way more compelling. Um, but whatever it was, and I can't remember the other couple, but it was like Alexis and someone else and they'd won a date and they were after finding out that like their opposite pair who they were also on the date with had been had basically hooked up like yeah, yeah. so your man took uh, Alexis I think it was <laughs> oh, it was Kareem Kareem took Alexis and was like oh, just FYI like they're they'd hooked up yeah yeah and then Alexis comes out onto the balcony and they're like f- like flipping tables like ruining sets like screaming yeah. at each other it is the highest stakes ever for them, whether it's about the money or whether it's about love, because you hear they care, how, they care, they yeah. care about something. Fanula, he grabbed your one's teddy that she slept with, grabbed it because she had kissed someone secretly behind his back, and put it in the fucking fire. Like, like what kind of level of of spite and hatred? Like that's there's something really beautiful in a fucked up way about that. Oh my God. That was, again, for context, this was Alexis and Keith. If you watch the series, Alexis comes up a lot and you will soon understand why if you do watch. They had kind of been on and off for the series. Mm. Spoilers. It was revealed that they were not a true match, but mm. they kind of just kept gravitating towards each other. This was the night before the final matchup. So this was like make or break in terms of whether they won the money, everything mm. else. At one point, they're all just locked. That's another thing as well. Like I, I, when I put up the screenshot of this for, or put up a photo of my Instagram story, someone replied and was like, "Are you the one will always be better than Love Island for me because it's and they, it's like the biggest like example of why they should drink more because yeah. it's just chaotic." Anyway, um, Alexis goes away with one of the other lads, Michael, and like they do like what's the the American thing where they like do oh, shotgun and beer. They shock they shotgun the beer, yeah. and she is it like all of her tits, and he like he's in her tits, and he's like kissing her tits, and then he goes up and he like kisses her, and they're like straddling each other, and then Keith's like, "Where's Alexis?" And it's like <laughs> Alexis like, "Oh shit! Oh my god! I can't believe he just did that!" And then they're like both they come both out of the bushes, and Keith's like, "What happened?" And she's like, "Nothing." nothing she's like, happened. "Nothing, nothing," and he's like. Uh, uh, and then like he gets her in the hall and he's like what happened she's like uh, I'm 
may or may not have kissed Michael. He goes absolutely apeshit, as you said, takes his teddy that she slept with since childhood and throws it in the fire like it's the night before they're due to figure out who wins all the money. It's Who does that? That's so good. I do you think season six is the best season or what's your it's favorite the best season? season? Oh my god. Okay. I, it's like season six is kind of, in my opinion, tied for season one, purely because there's one character in season one who is the devil incarnate, right? As in I've, what's his freaking name? He's this guy from Jersey. He's a super Jersey dude, right? And he's like, he'll say at the start of the week, he'll be in the like kind of like confessional. He's like, All right, this is what I'm gonna need to do to have sex with this person. And he was saying I need to do X, Y, and Z. And it's like you hear him say this, you're kind of like, bro, are you nuts? Like, that's a very convoluted and super weird thing to say. Mm. And then throughout the week, you see him do X, Y, and Z. And he was always right about everything. This is what I need to do to break them up. This is what I need to do to get people to vote this person to challenge. This is what I need to do to do whatever. And he was just always correct. Like, really, truly, someone needs to check on him. He could be a criminal of some sort. He needs to maybe be locked up. It was scary how just accurate he was. But season six for me is like, they make it a bit difficult, right? Which is funny because season five is the only season that I know of where up until six where like they did not win the money. I was going to ask that, yeah, because I've, again, I'm going to go back and watch them all. But mm. I was, because even with season six, I was like, are they going to let them win all the money? You know, because they I were so, they, were not gonna win. they did so shit at the start, like so for so bad. long. They were so bad. Like it was like one beam, two beam, like three beams. They never kind of got past that for like a good while. It's techie. So like season five, they didn't win the money. God, no. you'd be fuming. You'd be oh, so mad. Oh, I want to see it. So it's not on anywhere. I can watch it legally right now. So I'm kind of waiting for it. Yeah. I mean, no, Project Free TV. Or, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the pop-ups are driving me crazy. Oh, I don't need to know about any more MILFs in the area. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, man. God, it's like, how? I'm so, happy for them. I'm happy for any MILF. But. I'm, I'm happy. What's up with their marriages? Is this many MILFs <laughs> roaming about? Like, can you guys not work it out or something? What's going on? It's tough, man. It's techie. Um, but you know what's funny as well? Season eight. This is my one critique. You're only an episode into season eight, yeah. right? My biggest problem with season eight, and I'm only like three or four episodes in and it's getting better, but it was way too healthy. Okay. It was way too healthy. You know why? Because they were all bonded by a somewhat similar experience. Okay. So it's like, and it's and then they have a therapist now in season eight. Because obviously Terrence J, have you seen any? Okay, so basically there used to be another host. His name was... Oh, David. Why did he get pulled? I, I know the name. It's somewhere. Oh, what was but the name? Anyway. But he was, to me, he was funny because he had like absolutely no time for the drama. He was here for like, hey, listen, man, we got to figure this out. Come we're on. We're here to find love. We're here to find love. No, he just not. paid it no attention. But Terrence J, who I fucking love, was like, he's messy and he likes the mess. I love, I think he's a very good host. Because that's an argument that always comes up with these reality dating shows where it's like, do you need a host? And I'm like, you, there's something about Terrence I'm like, he doesn't impose. Mm. He's there. He kind of gives his own opinion. You know mm. when they do a mad matchup and they come up to lock their hands in and, and he's, he's like, a bit like, wasn't uh, expecting that, Slav. Yeah, he's like, are you guys trying to win this money or what? Where's Laura Whitmore, man? <laughs> like, where's Laura? <laughs> She's collecting a check and I have not seen this woman in weeks, bro. Terrence is here every week putting in the work. Get Twice a week, make sure the challenges run. But obviously for season eight, um, Terrence J is also the straightest man in the world. So they got painfully, painfully, aggressively painfully so. Yeah. So they have a therapist character who, for me, is actually quite interesting because, like, she puts a lot of focus in terms of like making people reassess and readjust back to like what are we looking for, what do we need to find, what's healthy. Right. But I think the biggest issue with season eight for the start of it was that 
if I can bond with you over like experiences of homophobia and bigotry, I'm a lot less likely to throw a table at you, mm-hmm. which is like was an initial problem, but then it get messier as it goes along. So season eight's going well. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. See, that's kind of, because I'd seen when I was researching, there were like a couple of articles talking specifically about like that season, about how like, not groundbreaking, but like important it was. Mm. But they were still like, no, it's still messy, but yeah. like, like it's still as messy as ever. Like the jealousy, people going behind each other's backs, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But you yeah. kind of think it doesn't go all the way fully there. It, so far for me, it's the most tame season I've seen. Okay. But it's still like leagues above something like Love Island. Mm. And then also you have really interesting discussions I wouldn't see on TV where it's like, I forget who's having a discussion, but that guy you mentioned, I think Jonathan. Mm. Like, he was involved with this black fellow, or, like, the black fellow likes him, and it's like, he's kind of like, I like more, like, uh, you know, masculine men. And it's kind of like, um, that, and then it was like, that's heteronormativity that you're leaning towards, because like, you're still, like, feed into what a man needs to be. And I'm like, this is probably the most interesting discussion that this show has had in all of the seasons combined. Yeah. Like, the most interesting and compelling, but also, throw a table at him. <laughs> I say that, then, let's throw a table at his head, you know? <laughs> like, let's add that to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is quite good, but it's also... The hardest one, it's like, it's um, 16 people in total, but everyone's up for grabs. So yeah. it's like, how are you even... And the money is still, because like, I think it's easy yeah. to forget that, like, the money is still there, and they yeah. still want the money. Like. Oh, I mean, the money is like, I just love, I not, I like nothing better than people being like, we need to play the game, and couples break up, and they're like, look, we're breaking up, but we need to play the game, mm. we need to win this money. Like, you hear about the money in Love Island week one, and the final week. I've not heard it mentioned, not really since... But, but I think that's the whole kind of thing. Like, the sell there for them is, and the sell that they want, what they want to believe at home is, that people are there for love. Mm. That's the main reason. They might have other motives, but, like, they're there to find true love. Like, their whole tagline this series was, we own love, or, like, we're the fucking owners of love. But if I'm, it clearly <laughs> was not memorable if I can't remember. But it's, like, that kind of, you know... Like, that's what they want to sell to people at home. And even when they're talking about, you know, because they're obviously coming back to the two series next year, like, the press release has all the quotes from the people who are, like, still together, like, Naz and Ava, the people who got married, the people who have kids. Mm. Like, the money is very secondary. But but that kind of frustrates me as well because it's like, as you said, they mention it at the start. Mm. It's a big thing at the end where they do the whole thing of, like, are you going to steal steal or are you going to split? And no one's going to fucking steal the money. Ekin Sue might. I hope she does. We're recording this ahead of the final, so I, I really hope we're making a good prediction here where she steals she the money. She's, she's truly a star. I would support her in her stealing, mm, you know? Truly, um, truly. And the thing is, I feel like 
a lot of people, but you know what? Love Island, the money might be a secondary thing because really a lot of people go there to be famous. Mm-hmm. I think just the inability to say that and have that be a discussion, to me, it's like, it'll, it'll always have that barrier of how real can this get, right? Yeah. Because it's like, you're being like, even I think like, was it last season when the girls was by and they just edited it out. But this year they kept it in, you know? So mm. I think Love Island's constantly adjusting and trying to improve on the thing. But just that barrier of like, we can't talk about me coming in here because I want to be an influencer or be rich. Like, we can't have those discussions. Like, and are you the one that people would be like, hey, once we leave here, man, we're going to be, so many girls going to be talking to us, bro. We're really going to be popping. It's like, they'll say those things because it's like the people are being more honest about their intentions, or at least allowed to be more honest about their yeah. intentions. You mentioned season four as well. What do I have to look forward to there? Oh, man. Oh, my God. There's, season four is like, eh, there's a lot. There's, season four feels to me more aggressive. Like, okay. more physically aggressive. Okay. And, uh, yeah, there's one, I forget his name, there's one Israeli guy in there who is, like, just a hoe. He's hoeing. He's hoeing for real. <laughs> like, for real, for real hoeing. I'm like, bro, even me, I'm like, come on, bro. Like, <laughs> it was a show. I know, but still, man, calm down. Like, it's crazy. Um, and that's the thing, like, th- like, season four, season four and season one and season two, like, they're all very good. And season two is really fucked up because they have this thing called the 11th girl. Okay. So it's like 10 guys, 11 girls. So basically, one guy has two perfect matches, and the women bully this chick. <laughs> they like proper. I mean, she has no like saying it, but they are like mean to this girl. Yeah. Like, it's really like, damn, you really take that chick to just get horribly abused, huh? Singled out. Even, same but different, in, in season six, where they bring the exes in and they're all like interviewing each other. Who's is it Joe? It's Joe's ex, isn't it? And oh. it's Joe, and I can't remember who she's talking to, but like they are proper, like yeah, having nice. it out. And she's like, Why are you being such a bitch to me? Whatever, like, like just fully, it is Yo. Pr- properly tense moments. Like, it's no, it's actually like it's painful sometimes. Joe's ex is like, Hey, I'm gonna get him back. The minute he leaves here, I'm getting him back. You better fucking watch your back. What? Like that's that's just good TV. Are you sure? Are you, you sure? You can't even script that kind yeah. of shit. It's like who who says that? If you were to, if someone was saying Love Island, you'd be like, that's not even real. That's scripted. Mm. But like in that show, just the right amount of off that I fully believe it. And what's interesting is a lot of times when they leave that show, people from a lot of people from season six are dating people from season five. It becomes a thing where you start dating other people who are involved in the show, so the reunions are getting more and more crazy and mm. more complicated. But Oh my God, good soup. Just good have soup. To, have to keep it in the reality TV family. That other host was uh, Ryan Devlin. Ryan. Ryan was great. He would do this little thing when he was doing the light countdowns in the season. So Terrence J is like, the beams are going up and he's like, one beam, two beam. But Ryan would get up and he would like face away from them. And then when the beam came up, he'd be like, one beam, two beams, <laughs> three beams. <laughs> you can't see what he's doing, but it's extremely theatrical. It's, it's, it's so dramatic, man. Oh, no. Back to being high camp. Um, if you were to do the show, let's mm. say hypothetically, what would your strategy be? Because I, I feel like you uh, look at this very analytically and very clinically in a way that I do as well yeah. in a TV production sense. Have you like thought out like... If you were to do it and you had a master plan, what would you do? So how would you approach I, I it? I would do this. I would be the Keith of season six, as in like every single matchup. I'm like, I was watching it. I'll go back to my room, put a notepad, and just jot it down. I think the romance stuff has to kind of happen naturally. But it's funny because the people who've like 
let's say season six had a group of guys. Those four guys dubbed the losers, which was so fucking mean. Oh my God. And just because they weren't getting that much play with the girls and stuff like that. Especially, I think Joe was in that group as well. And like Joe and Shad were trying to be like lackadaisy and keep it easy and be like respectful and like, you know, meaningful in their approach. And they were just like dubbed the fucking losers. Right. So I would be the analytical type, but in terms of like the romance side, my God, I think you just have to like, maybe try kiss everyone. <laughs> give it, let's give a go at it and see what kind of sticks and what doesn't stick. Mm. Um, but I think it is weird. Not weird, but the people are like, she, her right there is the hottest girl in this house. So I'm pursuing this. And like when it blows up in the face, they're like, why would this blow up in my face? I'm like, cause you picked the hottest girl in mm. Utah. And it's like, like went for it. But I think I'd be like very open to everything. A little bit slutty, but respectfully. Okay. And uh, respectfully very analytical yeah. in my private time, you know? So you think you'd go more for, like, in terms of tact, you'd go more for the physical side of things as opposed to getting to know and see what things you had in common with people? No, I would like... Do Kissing that. first, shared interest second. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in no the house. No judgment, with, no judgment. I'm in the house, we gotta do some kissing. You know? <laughs> what am I gonna do, not kiss? Uh, it's a kiss between friends. Like, a kiss here, a kiss there. But I would never do what Michael did in terms of being with someone and then before any kind of concrete proof or anything just be like we have to cut it off I don't think we're a match I think that's being too analytical you can be overly analytical with this thing where you're just like you kind of think yourself into knots you mm-hmm. know which I don't think is the best way to go about it it's like obviously use a little bit of sense you know um, if the stats say by week five this person is very unlikely to be your match not that you need to absolutely shut it off but like you know pursue and be open to other stuff but I think there's nothing more beautiful than when a couple is told no match and they're like just dead into the face of everyone else a million dollars on the line and they're like no i don't care yeah that's wrong i found my person fuck you and they're like we have to win the, we have to play the game we have to win the money once again back to the end money and like this is what we're here for the game the money and the person's like fuck you that's not what i'm here for it's when they come back and they're crying oh. and it's like yeah but i mean on to the next one like, and they're like no like to me that's like there's nothing more real than being like don't you want this money and this fame and the game and they're mm. like fuck you <laughs> no i want keith <laughs> I, I, I want if it's not keith we're all gonna go home poor i don't give a fuck about nothing like oh like that's like to me that's like that's real it's mm. insane it's completely off and weird but like that's real real human emotion yeah. that defies logic like is that not love is that not your because soulmate because that's the other perspective then like the the thing with Love Island is and you're like you're sitting at home looking at someone like Ek and Sue or like past series whatever and you're there you're like they're in it for the money they're in it for the money but you have someone here who's openly like I could not be fucked about the money now mm. like I'm in love with X, Y, Z, I don't care what this machine says to me, like, I am pursuing this hell for leather, fuck you all, I don't care, I'm losing out on money, I don't care, I am thinking with my heart, 100%, this is what it's about as well, and I'm going to do it, and saws, saws not saws. man, that's it. And there's couples like, well, it was Clinton and Uche, they're still yeah. together. They were not, Are they? They're still together, I think they're talking about marriage and stuff, they were not a perfect match, you know, so... Sometimes that instinct also uh, pans out. Well, they're still together at the time of the reunion. I they hope they were still together. so strange. They're married. They tried the knot in 2021. Look at that. That is insane. They found their person, man. There they found you go. Their person. In attendance at the event were fellow Are You The One stars Malcolm Drummer, Anthony Martin, Nicole Spiller, Olivia Hunter, Zoe Pugh, and Cam Williams. There you go. 
Not Mal- actually a lot of them on it. Not Malcolm. Oh my god. Malcolm was. Oh my god. Malcolm and oh, what was the girl's name? Oh uh, my god, yeah, Deandra. It, Deandra. Deandra. And then the minute and Nariz. Nariz. Uh, Nariz. Nariz. Yeah. yeah. The minute. No, off. it was that matchup ceremony where it was like that, or that one of the first ones, and uh, Deandra just turned her whole head around like Exorcist Island was like, "Listen, bitch," and like her <laughs> eyes were like huge. Oh. I was like, "I'm fully in on the show." She was amazing. I'm oh, fully and like what was the one where like Ethan got picked and it's like why did you pick me and she's like that's season 6 as well yes and it's like yo was that was that Ethan it was Ethan it's like shut the fuck up put your hand there I picked you now get over it I was like damn <laughs> damn did you watch the spin off at all so they did a spin off in 2017 which was like Second Chances um, and it was hosted by Karamo from Queer Eye where they did like they took perfect matches from previous seasons mm. they competed in tasks to like test themselves um, and they could add to their like there was money involved as well obviously mm. so like each week they could add to their potential winnings but individual contestants had the opportunity to take their team's winnings from their partner and remove <laughs> their team from the game oh oh yeah sounds oh good God. No, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. Another one for like couples who are still together or couples who are like... I think perfect matches who... But it doesn't necessarily mean they were together. You know what I mean? Which is very interesting. To give them, to see if it was like, to to try and make it work again. That's cool. Basically like you didn't do it right the first time so we need to get you to jump through a few hoops to do it now. Like, I mean, give it a second whack. I feel like like everyone um, in life probably has like a relationship or opportunity that they sabotaged for whatever reason at mm. the time. Imagine the universe being like, mm, go again. I've now put you two again to go again. And it's like, give it another redux. I have I did fucking first dates and they were like, <laughs> and I, I was actually, I did it. Um, so I was on first dates with uh, Shiv, who's also a musician, mm. right? Did not Love pan- Shiv. Shiv. Shout out to Shiv, man. She the goat. <clears throat> did not pan out in my favor, respectfully, you know? Um, but I was like, you know, it was fun. It was experience to that. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, not embarrassed about the whole thing, but it was just like, it was a lot. And to this day, like I've been on TV, I've done, you know, the Late Late Show and they're like, yeah, first dates guy. I'm like, no, no. There's a, no, no, literally, no, So please. many other things like, nah, nah, you were on first dates. So they actually messaged me like, I think a year after, maybe six months after, like, hey, you know what? People really liked you. There's a very good response where you come back and do the show again. And I'm like, God, no, please, no. I can't do it. I can't put myself through that again. But second chances, man. I'm all about them. They're all about them. Just not, not for me. Not, not for, for me. you on first date. One and done. But, I was uh, a background dater on like the first of the second series. Oh, excellent. And I went home with their man. <laughs> um, both times or just? Oh, no, I only did it once. Oh, okay, okay. And then he moved to America. So. Uh, was he was he a Yank or... Um, no, he like taught soccer or something. I can't really, oh. I didn't really think he was like fully over his ex, whatever. Oh, I was just you, like. But you're like, I mean, I'm here. Yeah. It's a, it's the dinner a, was good. The food is nice. The food is nice. Yeah. And they, they pay, you know, they pay for the dates. Yeah. They pay your money towards yeah. it. Which is like, now I watch that show and anytime that someone like, they, they don't pay nothing. I'm like, so you just made profit? You oh, just, fully like. You just made like a profit? It's insane. It's so, and I think they've, they're after reducing the money per series. What, Not to slander anyone, but I, anytime I've talked to like people who've been on it, I can't remember how much I, I got. I feel, I feel like we got 50 euro each, but I think it's since that it's changed that it's 25 euro. I got 40. Okay, well then I'm hearing all different kinds of things. If anyone wants to come on that and... Was, that was a couple of years ago. Dispute. And they, they edit it in terms of like, they want someone to be like, how they want the narrative to go, they edit certain bits out. Because you know where they always have like the, they put in the split in the bill in it for yeah. a lot of the dates. But because I think they wanted me to be like, the spurred pup 
I split that bill. I was like, are we going to bust this down? And she's like, yeah, I'm like, cool, cool, cool. But they ended that out so that it seemed more like heartbreaking. Right. When like it didn't pan out, I'm like, hey, come on, you can at least show me insane. You split the bill. Like, give me, give me something. Give me give my me chivalry you know? for fuck's yeah. sake. Um, uh, on that thing of the first date, so I think it is just that because it, it is such an intimate show, hmm. that's my only logic for people being like, oh, and still like recognizing you and like be, that being the thing. Yeah. Because it's just, it's that you're focused on that one moment with two people and TV is just so weird. You know what I mean? Especially reality TV. It's just like an invitation into someone's lives for however long. You think it's for that moment in time mm. and it just goes on for so much longer. So much longer. It's crazy. Ireland's small. But here's a question about reality TV. Because this is one question I want to ask you, Fanula. Is it better than Love Island? I I think it's kind of on par. I think it's... I'll, I'll, never, I'll never go against my the show that gave me a career, essentially. So thanks. Thank you, ITV. <laughs> um... I think it's on par. I think in some ways it's better. Mm. Like I think have I think the casting is like spot on. Um I think having that kind of like really diverse pool of people. I think even what they're going to do with this new series and having it global mm. and you know bringing that thing into it of like doesn't matter if you're from different countries like does love prevail like you know that whole thing I'm like I'm a sucker for that shit mm. like. Um I think the challenges are more compelling. Yeah. I really like Terence J as a host. Um, I love that it like changes location, even from like and like for the eyes, you know, and kind of seeing them move location and stuff. It just feels a bit more real. I love yeah. the stakes of the money, um, but there is just that thing of like, I don't know. Americans do be American, as I say, and there are you'll They're always American. get people who are like, and you, you'll get this for Love Island as well. This is a critique of Love Island. You get people who are who know the show, mm. and after that first series, you don't have that same you know, sparkle where it's like people are don't know what they're signing up for. Mm. So you get them like being really authentic, really true. Uh, we're on to the ninth season of this show now and whatever season of Love Island. Mm. Like, you know, people like people know what they're getting themselves in for to a degree. Yeah. So like people kind of know how to play the game. So you don't really have that kind of nice shine mm. on it still. Um, if you like Love Island, there's no reason why you shouldn't be watching this. That's yeah. the one thing I will say. And I think it's, I think it is... I don't want to say criminally underrated because it's not, but mm. I feel like if it were more accessible to people, more people would be talking about it. And there is a thing of like, I wonder will Paramount Plus having it now like kind of reinvigorate it? Could like Netflix have eyes on it then and take it in the way because they have have their entire brand of like unscripted reality dating shows now. I'd kind of love to see them maybe take it over. Yeah. So I feel like they'd have a bit more freedom. Um it's very interesting. I'm fully going to go back and watch them all. Oh, when I have time. Yeah. Not now, but I barely have time to fucking scratch myself now. But they're on my list for just, if I'm ever ill and I have to be bound to my couch, I'm just going to lie there and just let those Americans envelop me with their craziness. Just go through it. Keep, like, I don't know, keep me updated. I, w- I would love to hear your thoughts on that. I absolutely will. But you need soon. to watch season three of Love Island too. Oh, no, I got it. You know, we can do it. We can do this a year's time and do exchange. I want I you to come back. Three. You love to come back with more flops and um, Honestly, we'll talk about like, more I, stuff. This, this is so much fun. I love talking about this. Um, I'm not obscure because you're right. I think in many ways, this is not like a, a show that did badly. Mm. It was a popular show. But I think just in comparison to... Like you said, even say it's on par with Love Island, um, in comparison to where it could have been or where it should have been, um, I just feel like MTV really let it down. You know, I feel like MTV at that time as well was just like falling apart mm. and it didn't get the chance to be as big. Because the fact that there isn't a UK version of this to me or Australian version or something is weird. But Love Island is like 
you know, Australia, American. I think there's a Canadian version. There's like a, they're doing the Nigerian version. It's this big mm. global brand. And I'm like, this show to me, in terms of the fact that it kind of mixes game show and Dane show really well. And you were like, even in terms of you're saying like, um, when people have seen it before and they know how to play the game and whatever and like know how to navigate in there. The thing is, there's no audience participation in terms of we don't even get to cite that. Like that's very true. If yeah. You're, if you're fake or do or being really nice or whatever, that won't help you. You know, uh, win the money. If me and Adam had beef, for example, I still need him to find his match for me to win my money. It's like you are tied to these people, mm. so there's no like getting one over up on them and da da da. It's like you just have to find who your perfect partner is, and like obviously on the way there, you gotta do a bunch of bullshit mm. and do a lot of stuff in between, but. You got to get to that point together or like, wait, what does Terrence say? Either win together or you lose together. Mm. That's it. You know, and I do kind of like that as well, where people who are like, I think in season six, it was this point where all the people who were in the, you know, the losers, they were like six, seven weeks in like, look, you guys need to get talking to some girls. We're going to back off of the girls that we're talking to. Go have conversations. Give it a whack. Cause it's like we, they did speed dating. Like I think on the, like, the final week or the week before the final week, like they were really doing everything in their power to get everyone Intensively. to figure this thing out, man. Yeah. So ah, I think it's great. I think it's great. But season three of Love Island, I am there. On your list, on your list. Um, we have been talking about Are You The One? There's two seasons on Netflix at the minute, isn't there? Yeah. And I'm sure you can find the others somewhere on the internet. I'm not going to tell you uh, how. If you, want, if you want to be legal, four and six on Netflix, one, two, and eight is on Hey You and also Now TV. And the rest of the rest. Do what oh you my god! Do. I have Hey You and OTV, and I went. Oh, okay. Forget. Okay, I'm a moron. I was on. Forget it. I cannot <laughs> believe I did that to myself. I played myself majorly. But happy streaming, uh, Max. Where can people find out more about you? What are you up to? Do you want to plug anything? Um. Yeah. Sure. You can like follow me on Twitter. At, um. What's my fucking on? Jesus. Uh. I'm on Twitter at uh. I'm obsessed with the... I, the, the <laughs> so people are usually like, yeah, da, 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 da. you're yeah. like, I can't remember my Twitter handle. You it could what? be anything. I've recently changed it. I, I'm on Instagram. Uh, if you want to go check out, you know, Tebby Rex of music stuff or who's film or who I'm not related to or in any way involved with for also music stuff, but you can check him out too. I'm on Twitter. I, I think it's Max Zanga, right? Um, looking at uh well you know I, i'm on t- uh, my twitter name is i am not Fillmore. so like whatever comes up for that uh will come up for that but yeah uh yeah i'm kind of um tebby flex, flex. yes oh my god i tebby flex i'm so dumb i haven't changed this from that for years um, and yeah like i am um you know i'm at festivals uh with white claw interviewing people i'm uh you know i'm doing stuff with the something something festival <laughs> for art stuff and yeah, I'm just generally like, you know, freelance baby. So like kind of like you Fanil, I do like fucking everything. And it's so cool seeing you on TV and shit, man. You out here. Man, you got you put you put when they go give you the city to cork, man. You're putting the city on the map for real. Soon, hopefully. Soon. I'll give you the key. <laughs> Max, it's been a pleasure. I'd love to have you back. Let's come back and shoot the shit about something else at some stretch. Hundred percent. And you can stream Max's new song as Fillmore. Fuck him up. It's available now wherever you get music and I will link it below. Are You The One is now streaming on Paramount Plus so you can get a seven day free trial on a new account. And for this episode, I actually watched Are You The One UK, which is much better than I thought it would be. It's 10 episodes. Actually features an Irish gal called Therese. If anyone has any hookups there, if she would be willing to come on the podcast, 
spill any tea would be much appreciated. Um, when I started it, also, I think it's the same set for anyone who's watched True Love or True Lies, which is another MTV reality dating show, which is severely underrated, if anyone wants to come on about that. Hosted by girl Danny Dyer, voiceover by man Danny Dyer. So it's hilarious because Danny, Danny's, Danny D. D-A-N-I is there for a good time not a long time and then Danny Dyer's like cool, alright you slags uh, true love or true lies that was a terrible impression but basically the whole premise of the show is they have to figure out who's a real couple and who's not but it was really diverse in that you had like polyamorous couples you know like across the LGBTQ spectrum identifying that kind of way really really interesting and it was basically whoever was left wins the money whoever is like identified who's not or who's real um it's very good i'm not sure if you can still maybe that's on paramount plus as well but go find that if not someone come on and do an episode uh on it with me as well please but back to are you the one uk my point was the are you the one uk is filmed in malta and i'm 90 sure it's the same set as true over true lies anyway initially i was watching and i was like i'm not gonna like this it's gonna be too like there's something about the Americans with reality TV shows that it's just so ridiculous and it's so unbelievable and like fake that it's, that it ends up just coming around the other way and it's entertaining. There's something about when it's really put on with some of the UK shows that it just kind of sets my teeth on edge. You know what I really find it with, and I haven't really been watching, but I've been watching it via TikTok, is the new Geordie Shore. Anytime I watch clips of that, because they're so... I suppose, media trained now and so savvy to how it works that there's no, I don't know, it just doesn't translate on screen for me anymore as believe, like I find it quite jarring in a way that's just not entertaining. So I started this and I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like this, not gonna be my vibe. But I think they got the casting like really, really good. We had, and also I will say like this, the cast of Are You The One UK it honestly makes the whole thing look like it makes Love Island look like Seventh Heaven. You know what I mean? Like it's just I've never met a more toxic bunch of people people in my life, which is what made it endlessly entertaining. You Vic, who's a project manager, party girl, uh, works in construction, uh, wants to move away from the partying, find a nice man, don't we all? Tasha, who has like like thinks she's really sweet. Uh, you know, she has like this really nice smile on her face, never stops smiling, would smile and look you directly in the eye and go, I'm going to fucking kill you in your sleep. I'm batting my eyelashes here. And she'd said in an English accent, obviously. Then we have Robin. Robin was one of my faves, I think, for anyone who's watched. I was surprised with who ended up being her perfect match. Tafika, I really enjoyed. Uh, she actually grew up in Ireland. You up Ireland, so if you're hearing an Irish accent, that's why. Um, she's lived in over 30 countries in her life. She's very funny. She gets the ick about shoes a lot. Um, very, very funny. Juan. Juan. Didn't really see that much. Didn't make a huge impression on me, to be quite honest. Therese, my gal, County Antrim, healthcare worker. Um, loved her in this. Also feel like she didn't get an adequate enough amount of time to shine, to be completely honest. Theo, funeral director, Needs to be on a watch list. That man. And not just being a funeral director. Shout out to my funeral directors who are, I'm sure make up a huge demographic of flop culture listeners. He is strange, but he's messy, like kissing people, telling other people about who he was kissing. 
exactly what the show needed. Um, and also just kept falling in love with, like, just ev- every person was his perfect match at one point. Libby, she's a horse girl. She's a horsey girl. And then the first date ends up being on horses. And she's like, when I saw the horses, I was just absolutely thrilled. I was just delighted. Um, she describes herself as a super glam farmer. Good for her. Unlucky in love, all her boyfriends have been cheating on her. So she's like, get me back in there. Then we have Tia, another one who is like categorically unhinged. Again, is just like, doesn't care about the game, is just there for the smooch, is just there for someone to grab her bum consensually. Not good. Shay, I really enjoyed Shay. Big personality, well able to say stuff in the group. Loved that. Jack... Didn't make much of an impression. Safia, really like Safia. Olivia, so boring. Oh my God. Josh sings uh, in like, what's the, what's the, who sings like? No, that's, what's the word when they're like, oh, like Ellie Goulding. Oh, my friends are going to be mad at me because I said that. Sings in like, not italics, sings in, oh, what's that expression? Sings in cursive, that's what I mean. He's like, oh, like, like he's a singer-songwriter. He's in there for his music career. And he's like, oh, are you the one? Are you the one? And it's just like, sets my teeth on edge, honestly. Jordan, very nice. Obsessed with his mom. Addressing him as his personality for some reason. Jacob, also very chaotic, but loved it within the context of the game. Charlie, the biggest fuckboy I've ever met in my entire life and I haven't even met him. Joshy. I really hate the fact that he goes by Joshy. You're 24. You're Josh now. You're not in crash. Uh, Ismail, very boring as well, I'm going to be honest. Sexy, sexy cash. Hated all of them by the end of it. I loved it. He was just so allergic to the rest of the lads. So good. So, oh, just go watch it. It's very enjoyable. It's probably not like, it's not like top, top tier, but I absolutely don't regret watching it. You have great lines. Like at one point, one of the lads is like, I'm not in the business of upsetting girls. I would hope not. Oh, just so good. You go watch that. Let me know what you think. Or if you have watched, let's talk about it. I just don't want to get into it too much for fear of spoiling it for other people. So DM me at flapculture underscore pod and we can shoot the shit out of it. But for now, who is top of the flaps this week? You're a flop. Top of the flops this week is... Daylight savings time. Why the fuck are we still putting the clocks back? I like the clocks going back because I get another hour of sleep. But the fact that it just makes everything so dark, so, so dark, so early. And also, it's just annoying having to change all the clocks. And I know a lot of stuff just automatically changes now. My car doesn't change. And it's very irritating. And also, I just hate that moment the day after where you like shit the bed because you think you're late for something or you're too... Do you know what I mean? It's just, how have we not evolved as a society where we just decide what time it is ourselves? Do you know? Why are we... Why are we being governed by clocks? Why are we being governed by numbers? Why are we letting them tell us what to do? Anyway... Top of the flops. Over it. Over it. Thank you so much for listening once again to Flop Culture. We are on Instagram and TikTok under flopculture underscore pod. You can get in touch at helloflopculture at gmail.com. If you leave a five-star review in your name or nickname on Apple Podcasts, I would recommend a bop to you. You can also leave a five-star review on Spotify. But this week's bop 
is for Una X on Apple Podcasts. You go enjoy Nick Jonas's 2016 album, Last Year Was Complicated. Nick Jonas's solo music is so good. The album has levels, 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 levels. Uh, that was my best impersonation of it. Close, which is a two-way collab. Testify, which is great in the gym. The Difference, a really good song. Under You, so good. Chainsaw, which is a good but slightly weird kind of power ballad about wrecking a gaff because you haven't gotten a shag. We've all been there. Go listen to it. I'm, I just, all of his solo music is really, 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 really underrated. I don't get it. I don't get it. Justice for Nick Jonas. Someone come on and talk about these albums with me, please. We'll have a hoolie. In the meantime, this has been edited by Adam Shanahan. Our gorgeous artwork is by Brian Lambert, as always. I will see you all next week with another flap. Bye-bye.